When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. It's time for an episode of Five Favorites on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus Goldman. And you know, Marcus, we all have our favorites. And they're not wrong because they're ours. So that's what makes Five Favorites so much fun. I agree. And we don't have to get into some silly debate over who's better about this and that and whatever. And no, we don't. (laughs) Want to bet? You sure? Want to bet? You dick. <laughs> it's the podcast that acts like teenagers who have a game show. It's five favorites this week. <laughs> our five favorite American bands from the 70s. And on the surface, you might think that's easy, but it's not. This was quite challenging because I was going back to what I was listening to. I had a few chats with my brother about some of the music we were listening to. And I was oh, like, right, to get the yeah. feel of what we were listening to back then in the 70s as far as Americanish. Yep, and at that age, we were young, so we were listening to music together. So we had to uh, have a few chats about it, and then I thumbed through some of my albums and was like, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that one. And uh-huh. I that list that got too. really long, and I had to start cutting it down at one point. This episode brought to you by our good friends at Boldfoot Socks. Check them out at boldfoot.com and save 15% with the code HISTORY15. And by Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hatboro, pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014. It's our favorites back from the 70s. And that's how we kind of like, you know, frame it up for reference. Mm-hmm. And my lists are also based on this period in rock and roll, how the history of it actually flowed, at least for me. It wasn't like a, a real cut line with the 60s ended and the 70s began. There were a lot of things that kind of blur there. And that's going to be part of the fun. And it's always fun, Marcus, when you check in with our friends in Vegas, giving us the line. The line's a crazy one this week, Ray. They're like between the two of you and having your age differential and your taste being so different at that time, we're going with 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 
did they say all that in their little text they sent you? Yes, they did. Wow. Very talkative today. Did he use his hands? <laughs> there were no hand no, emojis. No, I'm not saying, yeah. but I'm saying. <laughs> not today. You can today. do that now on text, right? You can use the hand gesture, the Italian. You know what I'm talking about. That's if he ever uses a video response. If we get a video response, we'll get hand gestures galore. My name's Elisa, and in this video, I'm going to show you seven of the hand gestures that us Italians do. <laughs> but the line is 0.5. How you gonna go? Uh, I'm gonna go over with two. I was thinking about doing a zero, and then I remember what happened to me last time I did that, so I'm going to go with one in common out of our five favorites in this episode. So we're both going over just a different number. And we're off and running here in an episode of Five Favorites. Marcus, leading off with your number five most listened to favorite American band of the 70s. I'm going to have to go all the way back to the band whose album was the first album I ever bought with my own money. I'm talking about a band that has deep Philly ties. I'm talking Blue-Eyed Soul. I'm talking they're bigger than both of us. I mean, Hall & Oates. I listened to this album so much, especially those first couple of years I had it, with uh, songs like Back Together Again and Crazy Eyes. Of course, you have, you know, Rich Girl, um, which is the song that drew me to the album. But then you had songs like You'll Never Learn and Room to Breathe, which really stood out to me. And I was listening to it as we were getting ready for this uh, episode. And it really brought me back to my childhood. And between that and a couple of their earlier albums, the Hall & Oates album and Abandoned Luncheonette, which I got... After I picked up Bigger Than Both of Us, I listened to these guys a lot. They met at Temple University in Philadelphia, always adopted native sons. You're number five. That means I start with five, right? That is correct. So, Ray, who is your number five? We've done a few episodes about this band already. When it comes to American bands impacting the 70s, you have to go back to the 60s for Jim Morrison and The Doors. Even though Jim died in 71, the immediate echoes on the radio extended through the decade, and that's what makes them my number five favorite band of the 70s even though their best work was in the 60s. I totally get it. Their short period moved rock forward and they were a mainstay in the 70s. So Ray, now that we've opened the door to your five favorites what is your number number four? four? Yeah. It's like I was reading your mind. (laughs) That perception. A band that started in the 60s, that continued through the 70s and 80s, and until their guitarist's death in the 90s. The Grateful Dead are my number four. Red and white, blue suede shoes. I'm Uncle Sam. How do you do? 
Think about the music that we had to listen to from this amazing band. Starting with 1970s, two albums, one in June and one in November, Working Man's Dead and American Beauty. Now, I'm not really going to talk about the live albums, which are also legendary, but you also have new music from the album Wake of the Flood and from the Mars Hotel, Blues for Allah and Terrapin Station. And that's just like three quarters of the decade that was the 1970s. All of it made them my number four favorite band of the Americas in the 1970s. In the 70s, I was a little too young to appreciate the dead. I'd heard a few of their songs on FM radio at that time, but I didn't really start enjoying the Grateful Dead until the 80s and more so in the 90s. But the 80s is really where I got my first taste of the Grateful Dead. Old school deadheads would say, he missed it, man. So I'm digging through, and I found out something I never knew before. On the album From the Mars Hotel, Jerry Garcia was considered to be quite the pedal steel player himself, right? But on the Pride of Cucamonga, John McPhee played the pedal steel. Now, he was in a band called Clover, who was the band behind Elvis Costello on his first album, My Aim is True. Initially uncredited. But that's the band. They were a country rock band from California, recruited by Nick Lowe to back up Elvis Costello. Oh, it's so funny to be seeing you after so long, girl. And with the way you look, I understand that you were not impressed. But I heard you let that little friend of mine take off your party dress. And he's probably most well-known as a longtime member of another band that comes along in my trek through the 70s, the Doobie Brothers. And something I learned about John McPhee that I never knew before. And that leads us round to your number four. Yes, my number four came about because I was about 10, 11 years old when I heard a couple of tracks off this live record. A live record that blew me away. And I'm talking about live at Budokan. And the band is Cheap Trick. And I continued listening to their music. I found Heaven Tonight. Uh, in color. Then at the end of the 70s, we had the Dream Police, which really had a huge impact on me. And I really listened to the Budokan record in Heaven Tonight quite a bit as a kid in my basement. While you were a kid in your basement, I was a kid playing radio at the radio station that was attached to my old high school, WCSD. And the guy that I worked with there, Rich Dolan, was the guy who turned me on to Cheap Trick. I was exposed to them right from the beginning. And by the time they got to Budokan, I was like, wow, everybody's starting to get it. And you mentioned Dream Police. That's when it exploded. And they are just an amazing band that I also love very much. And your number three, five favorite American bands of the 70s. Next up, it started with a song, Come Sail Away. And it went from there. 
I bought the that's album. That's where you came in? Yes, that's where I came in, and that's what hooked me on this band. I'm sailing away. Set an open course for the virgin sea. I've got to be free Free to face a life that's ahead of me On board I'm the captain So climb aboard We'll search for tomorrow on every shore and I'll try oh Lord I'll try to carry on then I bought the grand illusion and Fooling Yourself was a huge love of mine. The title track, Grand Illusion, which I think is probably my favorite song on that album, Miss America, another one that really hit me hard, and that's one that James Young sings. I love him because he had that long blonde hair that swung everywhere when he played. And then they followed it up with Pieces of Eight, which had Blue Collar Man and Renegade. And those songs really blew me away as a kid. And hearing them on rock radio at that time period just had an impact on me. And those two albums alone, I burned the shit out of those grooves in vinyl. No doubt about it. And that is why Styx is my number three. And you know what's kind of cool is there are a lot of kids, and when I say kids, I mean people from their teens up into their 30s maybe even, who are rediscovering the magic of vinyl and burning their grooves deeper like we did back in the 70s, 80s, and the 90s. Nothing had the feel, nothing ever has had the feel of vinyl. That is an important aspect of listening to music. Well, if you're going to talk about the warmth of analog plus vinyl, I don't know that there's any band that maybe made the best of that combination than the E Street Band playing with Bruce Springsteen. Those first three albums, especially, even fourth one, so gritty and perfect for playing on a phonograph record late at night. I think about that second record, it is my epitome of summertime. I play it all the time, but especially on that 4th of July. That's why the E Street Band and that kid from Freehold 2 are my number three American band of the 70s. Now, I'm sitting here, Marcus, and I'm looking at this, and maybe Vegas was on to something. So far, Marcus, not one dinger, not one band in common. Does the trend continue? I'm going to say you should have gone with your gut and taken the big fat goose egg. <laughs> <laughs> we will reveal our twos and our ones next after the break here on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Hey, folks, if you haven't checked out Boldfoot Socks yet, go to their website and do it today, boldfoot.com. And if you like what you see and you want to place an order, you can save 15% on us by entering the code HISTORY15 in the discount box. Now, Marcus, you've had some great personal experience 
wearing your bold foot socks. That is correct, Ray. I am an active cyclist. After hearing Josh tell us about his experience running a race in the desert in his bold foot socks, I had to give it a try on the bike, and they held really well. My feet didn't feel funky afterward, and after my spin class, my feet felt great. Not all wet and yucky. Wet and yucky, bad. Feeling bold, good. <laughs> Go to boldfoot.com and check out all the styles, and they've got a wide variety of styles, no matter what your mood is about your socks and uh, colors, designs. It all fits into what you want out of a sock that holds up, and they definitely give you that support you need. I know from the times I've worn mine. Make sure you go to boldfoot.com and use the code HISTORY15 to get 15% off of your first order. Look, they're your feet. Be bold. When you get thirsty, you need a beverage that you can count on, a beverage that will satisfy that thirst. And if you're a beer lover like me, and I know you are too, Marcus, nothing tops the fresh brews. At Crooked Eye Brewery. They make the brews right there. You can actually look in the window of the brew room and see the brew being made. And a lot of other things are happening uh, on weeknights, various things, including Thursday trivia, uh, the Wednesday blues jam. They also have open mic night the first, third, and fifth Mondays of every month if you get that lucky fifth Monday. I can't do math when I'm a Crooked Eye. Not if I have like one (laughs) Crooked IPA, I can tell you that. And open mic Mondays now alternates with Name That Song. Ray, I hear vinyl night's coming back to Crooked Eye. That's right. First Tuesday of the month, starting April 5th, I'll be back at Crooked Eye for Vinyl Night. Come on out and hang with us. And Marcus, they've announced a special concert at Crooked Eye May 15th. The great Philly legend, Charlie Gracie. Make sure you come spend a special Sunday afternoon with this Philly legend from 1 to 5 p.m. at Crooked Eye. Always something fun going on there. We're talking about Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapro. And, of course, in Delco at Jamie's House of Music. Born the cure for what ailed you in Hapro since 2014. We'll see you at Crooked Eye. The fun never stops on an episode of Five Favorites here on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. Ray and Marcus counting down so far. Uh, nothing in common. Vegas seems to have the trend with Marcus giving us Hall & Oates as his number five favorite. Number four for Marcus, Cheap Trick. And his number three, Sticks. Mine, number five, The Doors with the echo into the 70s. I listened to them a lot in the 70s. The Grateful Dead and the E Street Band and that kid from Freehold as well, Bruce Springsteen. And that's where we are as we head into the twos and the ones and the honorable mentions and stuff like that. So, Marcus, what's number two for you? My number two is a band that we actually highlighted in R&B of the 70s Part 2. Their music was on my turntable a lot. I had a lot of their 45s. I was older when I started listening to their albums, but I'm talking about the band who brought us songs like Shining Star and Sing a Song and Serpentine Fire and Fantasy in September and the Boogie Wonderland. I'm talking Earth, Wind, and Fire. They are a band that I have always loved 
and will always love and have listened to since I was a child and will continue to listen to them because their music is wonderful. And today, it still feels good to listen to them. You know, that's funny. I've listened to them since the 70s. When we were doing all of our research for part two of R&B in the 70s, I really started listening to them a lot more, and it stayed in rotation. So, cool for you at number two, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Which means, Ray, it is time for you to reveal, the big reveal, your number two. They were mistakenly called the American answer to the Rolling Stones, the bad boys out of Boston from stem to stern through the 70s and beyond. My number two, Tyler Perry and the boys, it's Aerosmith. And what a great band they are, and they deserve every bit of accolade that they've ever received. What they've done for rock and roll in America is just monumental. And in digging around, as we always do, I came up with something that I want to tell you about. Aerosmith's second record that I found out about when I was also digging into my number one, when we get to that. A lot of connections in my five favorites, and I didn't realize it till after the, the lineup was set. So we go to the top of the stack. That's a stack of wax like we used to stack them in the 70s. What's your number one American band of the 70s? That would be a band who pretty much started late in the 70s. They were making big noise in Southern California. Then, of course, thanks to Gene Simmons and Kiss, they started uh, making even bigger noise in the music world. And then they released their first album, and it completely shook me to the foundation. And then their second album came out about a year later. And those two became my top spins, and I'm talking about the band Van Halen and their first two records, and how they completely changed my world more than any other band in the 70s. Being a little bit older than you, I have a number one that did the same thing for me, and it's a lifelong obsession, and I think he knows it. The guy that's named after the band. <laughs> Talking about Alice Cooper. They're the ones that I listen to, drove my motherfucking crazy with. And uh, probably my siblings too, because they're like, oh shit, he's listening to that Alice Cooper. And mom's going to be all mad about dead babies. And I love the dead and all that stuff. It's the songs that weren't the big songs. Deep into the albums, Marcus, that really made me a huge fan. Songs like You Make Me Nervous and uh, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's not exactly brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, on Love It to Death, songs like Caught in a Dream or Is It My Body or The Ballad of Dwight Fry. And years later, I'd learned that it was a tribute to Dwight Fry, who was an actor who specialized in playing lunatics and oddballs. He was Renfield in Dracula in 1931. Uh, he also played some other characters like that. Yeah, and died at age 44, young. Whoa. And that's where that came from. So, I mean, all this stuff, and we didn't have the internet to research that shit when mm -hmm. we were in the 70s, that's for sure. But you put it all together and the long-lasting effect of billion-dollar babies and beyond. And that's why Alice Cooper is my number one American band of the 1970s. Now, can I get to my honorable mentions, Marcus, so I can talk about Van Halen? Hold on. Let me go get a sandwich. Let me get some popcorn. Let me get some tea. It's going to be a while because we were talking beforehand, and the only clue you gave me is I got a lot of honorable mentions, sub-honorable mention categories. <laughs> I do. I know. I really do. All righty. Oh, first off, I just got a text. It All it is is the giant laughing JPEG. There's like all laughing JPEGs one after another from the Vegas guys because we have 
zero in common, and I should have gone with my instinct. Yes, no winner. So technically, your winning streak continues. Undefeated in quite a while, eh? Hey, I guess. This is more of a draw, so I don't really uh, count it as a... Uh... Yeah, but you still hold the hammer, man. You had I like guess. three or four in a row, so let's talk about those honorable mentions. And you mentioned uh, Eddie and Alex and the rest of the band, and, and they're important to me, and they're one of those bands that arrived towards the end of the decade, so they had less of an impact for me because I had the whole 70s. Another band that I kind of picked up on in the later part of the 70s was Parliament Funkadelic, and that was really the beginning of the funkification of Young Ray Coop. Uh, and the punk new wave bands like Talking Heads and the Ramones and the Cars, they're all American favorites of mine, so they all fit in there. But when it comes down to the absolute, these are the honorable mentions because you got to talk about the Eagles, uh, certainly the biggest selling band in the 70s and since out of all of them. True, true, true. And we have Fleetwood Mac, we have the Doobie Brothers, we have Santana, all American bands that I listen to. Well, I have the Doobie Brothers in two different phases, and Leonard Skinner because they had so many great songs. We don't even know how many more would have come out. A major band for me, Blue Oyster Cold in mm-hmm. honorable mentions, the Pitter Patter of Little Feet. I discovered them about halfway through the 70s, and they have been a constant groove in my musical life ever since. And I can say the same for Steely Dan, Beyond the Hits. By the time we got to Royal Scam and moving forward all through the 70s and 80s and beyond. Uh, Alive Fave, Always, ZZ Top, and their music is part of my first summer of concert going as well. And I can't leave this thing go and pass it back to you without mentioning the Allman Brothers Band. Wake, wake up, Marcus. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's your turn. Oh, I slept through the whole thing. Hey, hey, the old man from the Muppets. Honorable mentions. <laughs> a few other honorable mentions. Boston, because I was about 11 years old when that came out. And so hearing something like that was another one that we listened to a ton. Kiss was another band that we listened to a lot as a kid in the 70s. Even though I wasn't a huge Kiss kid, Skinner, as we had talked about in a previous episode, the fact that they had uh, passed away tragically when I was 11 years old, we kind of, at that age, moved on and listened to them when they came on the radio, but they weren't at the top of the priority list because of all the other bands that were coming out and that were moving forward and some of the new music that we were listening to to inspire us the most fertile period in American rock and roll history. Yes. The 60s into the 70s and 80s. You got more than that, right? Oh, absolutely. The Isley Brothers, CCR, Heatwave. My dad yeah, was crazy. my dad was a big CCR guy. And so we listened to them a lot. Fleetwood Mac, like I said, was a huge one. And their influence on so many women moving forward is profound. I had a lot more bands from the 60s that I continued to listen to in the 70s, and CCR was always one of my favorites, and I listened to them a lot, a lot, a lot. And then one day, about 73, 74, other things got into rotation, life got different, music changed in my head, you know, I expanded my horizons through all of the 70s and before and since. Rock and roll, man, American-made rock and roll, not always in full supply, but always interesting, always fun to discover and explore. Between the music that was coming out and the excitement on the radio, it really made that time special because you had radio personalities that were presenting this music with such passion and such excitement that 
it carried over and it made it easy to really want to engage and listen to this music. The discovery portion was less, A, you're on your own than it is today. There was no social media to influence, so it was pretty much you and your friends and whatever info you could find, whatever charts you could glean, Mm -hmm. and whatever you could hear on the radio, which was pretty much wide open in the 70s still. Very much. It's always fun to get into the time machine and go back to an era, you know, before CDs is always a good way to divide it, right? Because the digital era, for all its wonderful things it's done for us, changed things forever. But when you go back before that, it was all analog. It was all vinyl. Well, cassettes too, I guess. But it was a lot of fun as far as the musical flow. And we were lucky, I think, both of us to grow up in a time where so much great music was out there so that we had our choices. We could find the stuff that appealed to us and not just take whatever came out. Yeah. Wow. Very true. But also... Yeah, I'm saying I'm like an old guy. Not really. The memory aspect of doing a countdown like this is special, too, because it brings back a lot of special memories whether it's listening to the music with my brother or my friends or even by myself doing stuff hearing this music and what i felt then i'm feeling again the music is taking me back i love that you and your brother teamed up on this to confirm some memories and share musical experience that's a cool thing brother it is a cool thing and i'm glad that i have my brother around to do that yeah thanks Bart. all right till the next time that we roll out another episode of five favorites we're gonna call it a day no winner this time let's see what happens next time we break out our favorite stuff here on the podcast Hey, don't forget, you can plug in at imbalancehistory at gmail.com, our email address, and we are looking for listener episode month ideas, right? Absolutely. So if you listen to the podcast and there's a topic we haven't touched yet and you feel that we should uh, approach it, reach out, email. You can hit us on our social media sites as well. We're at the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll on Facebook. On Twitter, it's at Imbalanced Histo. On Instagram, the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. And you can always go to our website, imbalancedhistory.com. And don't forget, say, Alexa, play the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. And she will. (laughs) (laughs) Till the next time that we get together, I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. And this is the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. As a new Western Union customer, you can enjoy a $0 transfer fee on your first international online money transfer. Send money to your loved ones back home the fast, easy, and reliable way. Visit westernunion.com or download their app today to get started. And your first transfer fee is free. Services offered by Western Union Financial Services, Inc., NMLS 906983 or Western Union International Services, LLC, NMLS 906985, FX Gain Supply. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 